certain people can make the same decisions just that much faster. And that's really what separates like the best players in the world from like a step down. This is The Upper Hand, a podcast series by IMC. I'm Tim Polashek, and in this podcast, I invite masters of different games to see what steps you need to take to master them. From sports betting to Magic the Gathering, and from chess to diplomacy, you'll find out how you can use theory and practice to become the best. In this episode, we're going to take a look at Dota 2, DOTA stands for Defense of the Ancients. It's a multiplayer battle arena game that's played online. DOTA was first released in 2003, and in 2009, DOTA 2 was launched. It became a huge success, and it has millions of players worldwide. Hey guys, I just got done working out, I'm taking a shower. As you can see, I look frickety frickety fresh. And that's why I'm here to talk to you guys about another episode of DOTA Diary. I want to learn Dota 2 from the very best, and so there's only one place to go, Team Liquid. Team Liquid is a professional esports organization with an amazing Dota 2 team. I get the chance to talk to Brian Canavan. He's been a professional Dota player and is now one of the most important content creators for Team Liquid. I get the chance to visit the headquarters of Team Liquid where Brian reveals the very best strategies for winning in Dota 2. Brian, it's great to have you here. Um, thanks very much uh, for taking the time, and we're going to get into some of the details of Dota 2. But before we go into that, you're also known as BSJ. What does that stand for? That stands for Banana Slam Jamma. 16-year-old me thought that that was a cool thing to say. I, I was a basketball player, and my last name rhymes with Banana Man, and all my friends called me Banana Man, Canavan the Banana Man. So here we are you know, 15 years later being called Banana Slam Jamma, but that's why I abbreviated it to BSJ. Brian Canavan, the Banana Man. Yeah, Brilliant exactly. Stuff. All right, amazing. You've been really active in Dota 2, obviously. Um, before we get into some of the details of what you've done with it and how you've worked with it, how would you, how would you describe it in a couple of sentences? Describe Dota 2 in a couple of sentences. <laughs> uh, it's a five-on-five. Five. Uh, each player controls one hero. And each team has a base of sorts. And the goal is to accrue gold and experience on your heroes to make them more powerful and eventually kill enemy heroes as well as their base in order to destroy their base. And inevitably, there's a ton of different things that go on, but whoever destroys the opponent's main structure wins the game. So how do you play a game of Dota 2, actually? What does it look like? Uh, so every game starts out the exact same. You start from scratch. Nobody has any saved progress from previous games. You all pick an individual hero out of a pool of about 120. It's been consistently growing. Every hero has their own unique spells and abilities uh, and, and stats and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you load into the game, minute zero. Uh, everyone starts at level one, and you just go at it. Uh, there's ways to accrue experience and gold on the map, a bunch of different ways you can do it. And it's all about, it's basically a race. It's like how we can race to be more powerful than you and eventually take your base because of it. Okay, so it's becoming more powerful than the other team. Yes. And what are the core elements of how you do that? What are the strategies? Uh, so when you level up, every hero has four different spells. And every time you level up, you get to put, you get to either add a new spell if you haven't already used it, or you can make a current spell already more powerful. So uh, experience is a lot about heroes that, like, there's certain heroes in the game that their abilities alone are very powerful. 
Uh, and then there's certain heroes in the game whose abilities become more powerful with items. Uh, and the items are what you get with gold. So it's basically two different resources in the game. And a lot of it is understanding which heroes do well with gold and which heroes do well with experience, prioritizing it that way, uh, because there's only so much of each for both teams. So it's kind of like a resource distribution battle. So it sounds quite analytical as well. There's being a lot able of to analytics. understand time and gold and the combination with the heroes. Is that something that you're able to learn from, from watching other games or from each other? Most of that is why Dota is considered a very uh, hard, like high learning curve game. Uh, a lot of that's just experience, uh, time playing. You can learn a lot by watching other people play the matchups and play the heroes that you're trying to learn. But at the end of the day, there's really no substitute for you playing it. In the middle of the game, it's a lot of instinct, a lot of rapid decision making. And I emphasize race because a lot of times there's actually not too big of a difference in terms of knowledge at the highest level, but certain people can make the same decisions just that much faster. And that's really what separates like the best players in the world from like a step down. You mentioned one thing about it being really important to put time into it. How much time have you put into it? Oh God. Uh, I think like 20,000 hours, something like that. Wow, so uh, twice the necessary amount for the uh, mastering of something. Yeah, over the course of like 10 years, approximately. Yeah. So that's like six hours a day for 10 years. That's a lot of practice. So what is the, what is the biggest competition in Dota 2? Uh, the International is the biggest competition. Uh, it is a tournament that happens once a year, and every year it gets bigger. Uh, the last International had a prize pool of $40 million. And these are played in a stadium. Right? Yeah, in front of in front of thousands of people. Uh, hundreds I, of thousands. Yeah, it's uh, it's thousands of people in person. Hundreds of thousands of people online, watching online. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's absolutely insane. You've actually been at the international, haven't you? Yeah, and uh, the the stakes of that tournament is just truly like un, unlike any other, and it it just messes with you. I I try to tell people that the worst Dota of the year gets played at TI. That's because Dota is a game that's all about mastering it and making as few mistakes as possible. And the nerves that surround that feel, like that just sheer stadium, like you said, the, the people watching, the, the money on the line, every game is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And these Dota players, I told you, I've played 20K hours. You, you just try to imagine playing a casual Dota game with your friends, which takes the same amount of time as it would at TI, and... You're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars on one game. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking yeah. about that. Yeah, I can't even nutty. imagine it. I think it's relatively unanimous that the best players, the best teams, are able to treat the matches like they're casual matches with friends. Like the the team OG who won the international twice, the only team to do so uh, up until now, uh, they were known for their like friendship and good vibes and people having fun. They're in the booth laughing while they're winning the international and it's not because they are making fun of anybody or anything like that they're just genuinely having a good time and i think the hardest part about dota is the mental aspect you know at the highest level once you've made it uh it really comes down to composure it comes down to discipline it comes down to really just keeping yourself together keeping it light is i think the most important thing for every competitive player wow that sounds really collaborative as well as a team so there's got to be elements of competition obviously you're trying to destroy the other team but also very collaborative between each other what's that that balance uh the big part about dota 
at the team level that I find very interesting is that it really is five individuals playing in a team. And what I mean by that is it requires practice when it, like as a team in the sense that you learn each other's tendencies, but it really is understanding each individual, understanding their hero and their job in the game as well as possible. And if each individual understands their job, things kind of just fall into place. Um, so most communication in Dota is actually like an individual saying, I want to do something with my hero now. And then everybody else on the team knowing what that means. And the idea of practicing and honing this as a team, the repetition is so that everyone's kind of like knows what page the other person is on, on a regular basis, such that, like I mentioned, it being a race, the communication takes as few words as possible in order to convey the message that you're trying to get across. Are there any things that you uh, have to give up in this in this process? You know, a lot of athletes, yeah, make trade-offs with with certain you know ways of living and things things that they can do. How have you experienced that? You live, eat, and breathe Dota. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, that is no. I find there are virtually no exceptions to that. If you if Dota is your competitive career, I, you know, ever since I've turned into more of a content creator and a coach, I've had much more free time to do other things. I still spend a ton of time playing Dota, but if you're on a team, it's you finish your matches and it's that you still play the same amount of Dota, but that, you know, extra few hours you have a day is spent talking about Dota, theory crafting about Dota. You even dream about Dota. (laughs) There's just no escaping it. And the thing is, is that if you're not doing it, everyone else is. So you kind of have to, you have to stay in the game. Yeah. What any, um, Last remarks that you'd give to budding Dota players who want to reach uh, the international or join a team like Team Liquid uh, to be at the top of the game. Uh, my biggest thing for Dota players is that you have to love the game. Like it just ha- you have to be willing to just throw your entire life into it because that's the type of game that it is. It's an amazingly rewarding game, but you have to be willing to do it. Um, and then also always be confident in your own decision making, but also always be humble. I think like during the game, Confidence is important, but after the game, self-reflection is a thing that a lot of people that don't quite make it lack. And uh, if you can balance those two things out, I think it's the most important thing. Because at the end of the day, all the people that are going for the professional Dota that are competing with these players on a daily basis, just maybe not in tournaments yet, a lot of them are very skilled. Uh, a lot of them are very talented, but the mental aspect is what really defines and separates the best. Brian is going to teach me how to play Dota, but first we're taking a look at the start of a game. Every professional game starts with a draft for heroes. It's an important moment, and sometimes the outcome of a game can already be determined based on the outcome of the draft. Let's dive into some theory regarding the drafting procedure. One of the most important moments of any Dota game is the draft for heroes. Each game begins with a draft to decide each team's heroes. Captains alternate banning heroes they think the other team wants and picking the heroes that they want. This back and forth between captains is a form of game theory since game theory analyzes strategies for dealing with situations where the outcome of a participant's actions depends critically on the actions of others. By understanding and using game theory, you can get the upper hand before the game even starts. There are a lot of factors you have to take into account. You don't just have to think of your own drafting strategy. You also need to understand your opponent's strategy. What heroes does your opponent like to play with? 
how are you going to try to block your opponent from getting those heroes? Most players try to get really good heroes to win the game, but not everybody follows that strategy. One famous example of an alternative method is the strategy applied by Zenith in the 2012 International Champions Invictus Gaming. They decided not to ban any heroes, which immediately made their opponent really excited and they got a bit carried away. They were able to follow their exact strategy and choose all their best heroes, but in the process they lost track of the interaction and cooperation between the heroes. Zenith was then able to take advantage of this and outpredict their opponent's moves. This example teaches us one important thing. Always consider the moves of your opponent and don't follow your strategy blindly. Then you're able to outsmart your opponent and become a master of the game. Brian takes me to a room full of computers. I sit behind one of them and we start the game. I'm going to be playing with a Centaur War Runner, a scary looking warrior that looks like he can do some damage. Brian explains to me how the game works. Every game has three lanes and there's these creeps that spawn. They're kind of like minions. They basically march down the lane and they're going to go die. And when they die, they give you experience if you're near them when they die. And if you deliver the killing blow, uh, they give you gold. So a lot of Dota in the early game is all about learning how to get that last hit, um, such that you get the gold, and making sure you get as much experience as possible. So see these little guys yeah, you got? So those are your minions. Coming. Yeah, you want to follow them down the lane. If you want to attack, see those red creeps right there? You have to use uh, right-click on them. So you have to move your mouse on them and right-click. Perfect. Oh my god, you're actually 100%. I keep on trying to kill the creeps to gain gold and experience. Experience is important so I can level up. When players level up, players can unlock their skills and make them stronger. After I've killed a few creeps, I level up and I can use my first ability. Um, so yours is a stun. So if you walk up, uh, go and right click an enemy hero, like right click this guy, go near him and push Q. Q it up. Oh, try again. Perfect, see how you stun them both and then hitting them now? Perfect, yeah, so you used your first ability. So let people know on the podcast that he did stun two heroes with his first ever stunned usage, which is very good. So Amazing. Yeah, so the whole early game is all about this little battle. Yeah. And there's a lot of little nuances that go on with making sure whoever gets the most gold and experience. Every creep in the map is the exact same, but the heroes are all very different. So, like, right now they're killing you, so you'll wanna, like, run this way. Yeah. Like, run away from them. So a lot of Dota is picking and choosing when you fight opponents, but since they've killed you a few times, they're gonna be stronger They're gonna than be you. going after me. Yeah, and they're gonna be running after you. See, notice how you're level two. Yeah. And he's level four. So, generally in the early game, levels are really important because most people don't have very much gold. So what's the trick in the early game to get an upper hand on the other team? The trick in the early game is that if you, when you last hit creeps, which is the getting the gold, yeah. um, you all, since you also get full experience, you also, um, if you last hit your own creeps, it denies experience to the opponent. So a lot of it is learning to get the last hits for yourself and then not letting the opponent get the last hits for them, and you can eke out a little bit of a level advantage. So the early game revolves around killing creeps and trying to attack the other heroes. When all players have leveled up to six, the game changes. Heroes get their ultimate ability, which is their far right ability. Um, most heroes unlock it at level six. 
Um, ultimates are usually the most defining ability on any hero. Um, for instance, your hero, when he gets his ultimate, uh, it makes his entire team move really fast. And they like slow people when they run through them. You're you're like a centaur. You're sta you're stampeding over them. Yeah. Right. That's what your hero does. And so what happens is when heroes get these ultimates, uh, they like to go kill people with them. So usually the next stage of the game is when a lot of the heroes in the game are around level six, uh, because they will want to go kill people that aren't only in their lane. And then what happens is as the game goes on, it becomes easier and easier to kill people. So what that means is people have to play together more and more because if they play by themselves, they'll just get killed. So Dota becomes much more like in the mid game, like I told you when people have level six and stuff, they'll be fighting, but it's usually skirmishes. It's like 2v2 over here and 2v2 over here, but people are moving, right? But as the game goes on, it becomes more five on fives and four on fours and stuff like this, where um, the team aspect of the game becomes very much more important. You have to work together to destroy the other heroes. Teams have different strategies, and in order to defeat them, you have to understand how heroes operate and how they can use their abilities to defeat you. Brian has some advice on how to get to know the heroes. I would say in Dota, the best way to understand any hero in the game is to be able to play it. So, um, you know, the more heroes you play, usually the better overall understanding of Dota that you have. Uh, a lot of different heroes have different skills required, different mechanics, different talents, different understandings that you need to have to be able to play them. Uh, so I always say the more heroes you can play, the just generally more skills you have. Does that help you with the, the mindset of the other team as well, who they're playing with? Oh, absolutely. Beating each other is you understanding the opponent's hero better than they do. Like if I know an enemy hero, I know when he's going to want to do things. Like if he's level six, I know what he his ability does and how he's going to try to kill me with it. But eventually, when you get to the highest level, everybody knows how every hero works in the game. Everybody knows, generally speaking, what the timings are, at least roughly, uh, as well as, um, like, strengths and weaknesses of heroes. So at that point, you need to not only know what they do, but you need to guess what they're going to do with it, and then they need to guess how you're going to respond. Yeah. And it becomes like this multi-layered, like, 40 chess type of dynamic yeah incredible sounds like there's lots of uh, similarities yeah i love i love the mind games that go on at the highest level of dota in dota you have to make sure that you're always one step ahead of your opponent you have to understand the heroes practice to play with different heroes and make fast decisions when you can anticipate what's going to happen and act swiftly you'll be able to become the best in the next episode of the upper hand I'm talking to Bianca de Jongmuren. She is a chess grandmaster and chairman of the Dutch Chess Federation. She's going to teach me how to checkmate every opponent. <laughs>